supporting you in your dog parenting journey. The Dynamic Dog Owner with Debbie Potter. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Dynamic Dog Owner. Hopefully you guys are all well and having a wonderful time with your dogs. Every week is new and different and every week it's really nice to reflect on what you've done this week and, and what's happened in your world. So if you do want to share anything from week to week, do let me know because I really like to hear feedback from people as to how their weeks have gone, whether they've had any struggles or or anything that's not quite gone to plan. And you can always drop us a message in Instagram or comment on one of our stories and tell us about your week and if you've had any highs and lows or if there's anything you'd like us to cover in episodes. So I'm going to focus on talking about my dogs. So we're going to have a little mini series and the next three episodes are going to be about my dogs. Each one is completely different. We'll be finding out a little bit more about them, why I got them, the processes we went through, their individual quirks and their journey from sort of when I've had them until now. And we're going to start with my first dog. Leo. So I've had dogs ever since I was little. So we my grandparents have always had dogs, so I grew up with one of their dogs. Um, and then my mum finally persuaded my dad to let her have a dog when I was four. And he was always, he always made me laugh. He was very reluctant. He always kind of tried to convince us that he just tolerated having a dog in the house. And it was really for mum's benefit. But secretly, you'd find him like giving the dog broken biscuits. And he really enjoyed having a dog, really. But he never quite let on. And I don't know why, because he was such a loving man. And I don't know why he always thought that, a, you know, he didn't like the dogs. But we know he did. Um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so we rescued a dog, Tess, when I was four. And we lived with we had her until I was about 15. And I remember that being the worst age to lose your first dog as an emotional girl. And then we had a couple of other rescue dogs over the years. And then I had my first dog, Leo, when I moved out of home. So when I moved out and um, in with my then boyfriend, Sam, uh, a very long time ago, um, <laughs> we rehomed our dog, Leo, who was a golden retriever. And he was two and a half when we first got him. And it was a really interesting journey to go on because he was what most people would identify as the perfect dog. I was, I believe, it's a very long time ago, um, I believe from memory I was 21 when we, when we rehomed Leo um, from a family with children who didn't necessarily have the time for him. Well, they were a family we knew. We happened to be in the right place at the right time and I already knew him a little bit and I was like, I'll have him. <laughs> He's mine. So he joined us when he was two and a half. So we'd gone through, he'd already done the puppy and the adolescent phase um, and he was obviously reaching maturity and he was such a wonderful, wonderful dog. He was my husband's first dog. So he had never had a dog before. And Leo was with us to buy our first house. He was at our wedding. He had a little dicky bow on at our wedding. He came on all our first holidays. He welcomed our children into the family. And he, he was amazing. <laughs> Considering back then, I didn't really know anything about training. We'd never really done training per se with our dogs because they were all just, I don't know how, but they were all just really well behaved, naturally really chilled dogs considering they'd all been like our mum my mum's dogs when she'd sort of had them as an adult when I was a child were all rescued from rescue centres we were so lucky with the dogs that we had and Leo was the same he just kind of fitted in 
he wasn't used to doing uh, too much and he was quite a nervous disposition. So he kind of had to learn how to do many things with us. He had to learn how to go on long walks. He was amazing at chilling out in pubs. He was incredible. Without any sort of fuss, he welcomed the children into the home. He'd sleep by their bed and just think that they were amazing. Um, and he, I never had a crossword with him. I never had to... He never did a thing that was naughty, um, which is quite a bold statement to make, considering I didn't train him once in his life. He never went to a formal class. I never really tried to teach him anything um, because it wasn't my thing then. And I suppose he didn't drive me to need to because he was just perfect. He supported me through very emotional times. Um, having a dog by my side when uh, my father passed away. It was amazing to have that connection and have that unconditional love that the dog knew what I needed. And he was always there to go on a walk or to, you know, just sit and cuddle you. He was perfect. And sadly, he, he got old, <laughs> as dogs do. We were incredibly lucky that we had him for so long. He was a very healthy dog. And... I knew towards the end of his life that I I didn't want to be without a dog. We'd had periods at home when I was growing up where we'd always had three months between dogs. My mum liked to have a, a gap, a time to mourn before getting a new dog. And I always found those periods really difficult. I hated having an empty house. I hated not having a dog to go home to. So I think subconsciously I'd already made the decision that I was not ever going to not have a dog I had to have a dog in my life he inspired us to I don't know if he inspired us but I suppose he was the dog we had when we started our, our started Potter Paws our business as a dog walking company um many moons ago and he kind of sparked that interest if I hadn't didn't have a dog I probably wouldn't have started working with dogs because I didn't know I'd like walking them etc so it was when he was um, around 13 that I said I think it's time to get another dog because I didn't want to be without uh, I could not have an empty house so we started looking for a Labrador we at the time we'd started our dog walking business um, and we were, had been running it for a couple of years and we had a few black labradors that were blimmin lovely um one in particular um who was called hobie and he was a beautiful dog and i wanted him <laughs> i wanted a dog just like him so i'd had my heart set on a black labrador um and we started obviously researching and looking around and he joined us a our black lab joined us when um leo was 13 so he was quite old and it was quite a worrying time as to whether he would a accept a puppy I, I thought he would because he was so chilled and lovely and obviously whether a puppy would respect him as an older dog thankfully it went really well um, which is always good but there was obviously some considerations we had to make and we learned an awful lot in that time about how to manage an older dog with a young puppy um, and often people talk about like play pens being to contain your puppy we used the puppy playpen to protect Leo. <laughs> and when he was asleep in his bed, the puppy playpen would go around him so that he could chill out and the puppy could have the run of the house and he could just happily be about his business and he could sleep without being pestered. But my one of my reasonings was that Leo was such a perfect dog and 
I had it in my mind that he would pass on those good manners to the puppy. Whether that is possible, I'm not really sure. But to be honest, I think he did. Because in the home, Dave, um, the black lab, became a very chilled, happy dog and a very settled dog at home. So I'm sure there was an element that transferred into them. Now, we were lucky. We had a wonderful dog. We were lucky that he had accepted everybody into our home. He never so much as grumbled at the children. He loved them. He loved every dog he met. He loved every person he met. He was wonderful. He honestly was the best dog anyone could have wished for. We were so lucky to have him for as long as we did. Uh, sadly, he, when he was just a couple of weeks shy of his 15th birthday, he had a growth on his foot, which turned out to be cancerous and it wasn't operable. Um, and it was in something that meant he couldn't walk because the growth grew very quickly within a week. And sadly, obviously, we had to say goodbye to him, which I know for anyone who's been through that experience will know how traumatic it is uh, and how sad and how much it changes your life. Um, we were very grateful to have had him for so long. But equally, we were so grateful to have Dave there to cuddle and to love. Um, and if you're watching this on YouTube, you will see me get emotional because he was the best dog ever. So that was my Leo. Now, it kind of begs the question that do dogs need training? Some dogs absolutely do need training. Some dogs don't. Some dogs are just naturally chilled and happy and calm and just so content in their life. Um, and that was Leo. Now, he had his hang-ups and he had a few quirks. He was challenging with his diet. Um, he always was. He would eat something for a week and then he'd move on. And of course, this is before I knew anything. I hadn't done any training or any work with dogs until he was 12, 11, 12, 13, something like that. So he had majority of his life with novice owners, to be perfectly honest. And I often feel guilty that if only I knew then what I know now, yes, he was a content, happy dog, but I could have made him even more happy. Um, but we, it's a really popular saying that I sort of try to share with people, that you could only do the best at that moment in time. You can only work with the knowledge you have at that moment in time. And you can only do the best of your ability as your skills and as your knowledge grow then you can do more so at that time I did everything I could for him and I did the best of my ability to help him if I had known now what was on offer maybe he'd have been even more confident maybe he would have had new opportunities maybe not I don't know and that's why you know hindsight's a wonderful thing if only but it is what it is at the end of the day. And it's the same for everybody. If you're you, know, if you're listening, and you go, God, if only I'd done that from the beginning. You can only work with the knowledge you have at that moment in time and do the best that you can do at that moment in time. Um, so, yeah, he was a fussy eater. He was very nervous of things um, because he hadn't been exposed to as much um, as a puppy, quite simply. So he was always a little bit wary of tall men, especially if they were wearing hats. Um, 
And he did like the the bitches. Um, <laughs> he was even at old age, he would very much smell out a bitch. Um, and <laughs> it got him into it. not necessarily trouble a few times, but he did go, Mum, I'll be back in a minute. Um, when he got to a certain age, he was so wonderful um, that when the, the girls were toddlers and they'd be toddling along, he knew the route that we'd go in the mornings and he'd just be like, I'm not waiting for you. Off I trundle. And he'd take himself on the rest of the walk and I'd get home and find him sat at the doorstep, which is quite impressive um, because he knew where he lived and he would probably had to cross the road um, in our quiet cul-de-sac. And I look back now and I'm absolutely horrified that he used to do that um, because I can't imagine my current dogs doing it. <laughs> but again, he was different. And this is where very much it's a case of managing your expectations. Every dog is different. And what's right for one and suitable for one and what one's capable of doing, another isn't. Um, but yeah, he did used to trundle himself off home. Um, he did get himself into scraps. I remember once that he um, got lost in the woods um, I've never been so scared in my life. Um, but he was the perfect dog. He really was. He was everyone's dream. And if anything, he set up very high expectations for my future dogs that I think I will never, ever reach. So again, it's that case of expectation versus reality. When you've had that one dog that is perfect it's really hard for any other dog to meet that expectation. And anyone who met him, <laughs> which sadly, you know, a lot of people now in my life probably wouldn't have met him because um, it was five years ago now that we we lost him. Five or six years ago now. Um, you know, he was special. He was really special. Um, what I found really interesting, considering we never trained him, <laughs> never really did anything other than teaching him to sit at the curb or to feel more confident in himself, um, was that he learned through watching our puppy. So when we got Dave, um, it was at the big, relatively early stages of my my journey as, as a trainer. Um, so I was teaching Dave lots of new things um, and very keen to teach him many skills that Leo had never done anything. I don't think he knew how to do a trick. Um, he might have just about been able to give a paw and that was it. Um, and I remember teaching Dave um, a behaviour. I think it was like a, a nose target where he placed his nose upon my hand. And one day I held my hand out and Leo trundled over and popped his nose on it. They say, I've been watching. I know what to do. Can I have a treat? Um, which was amazing. Amazing to see that dogs can learn through watching others and copying and mimicking a behaviour they see their their fellow dogs doing, um, which was really fascinating for me. Um, but yeah, so that's that's kind of my Leo. There's not much to say about him because he was perfect. Um, he didn't have any problems. We didn't have to overcome much at all, really, um, other than the gaping hole that he left in our lives, um, which is a reason why I didn't get a golden retriever next. That's the story about Rem, to be honest. So um, in our few episodes time, when I talk about Rem, you'll hear about why we got Rem quite simply. And it was simply because I couldn't get another golden retriever at that time in my life. Um, it was too raw still and no one could replace Leo. Um, so 
you've all had that dog. If you have had that dog that stole a piece of your heart, then do let us know. Um, share a photo of them on Instagram. I'll find an old photo of Leo and I'll share it for everyone to have a little look at. Um, and yeah, just think that some dogs are perfect. They're few and far between, but there is that perfect one out there. And expectations versus reality. If you have had a perfect dog, try and think that your new dog is not them. <laughs> and they will have their own quirks and their own character to add to your life. It may be a different journey, but it will be a fun journey. Um, do share photos of your heart dog, as we like to call them, um, or your current dog, if that's the one for you. And catch up with me next episode when I'll be talking about Dave, who was my first puppy. And you can hear about all the mistakes we made. Thank you for listening to The Dynamic Dog Owner with me, Debbie Potter. See you next time. Bye.